0: Listener production. Howdy and welcome along to episode 91 of the Howie Games. Chris Scott, the impact of corona. For all you good people listening, I hope you're getting through social isolation and all that's involved with it as best you can and hopefully finding some positives along the way. There are obviously far more important things in the world at the moment rather than just talking about sport. But this being a sporting show and all, This isn't someone I thought I'd be rolling into the show, but here is on the Howie Games President Donald Trump. But we have to get our sports back. I'm tired of watching baseball games that are 14 years old. I agree with him. I actually agree with President Trump. No doubt most of you are also missing your favourite footy code. And as you're about to hear from the coach of the Geelong Football Club, your team is having to make some pretty tough choices at the moment. Hopefully you can support them as best you can. The normal part A and B of the show will follow, but here is Chris Scott on the impact of COVID-19 on both him and his club. The current world, it seems you turn on the news every day and you get hit by another blow about people's health, how people are traveling. Before we get to the footy club, how are you and your family personally going with this strange world in which we currently live, mate?
1: Oh, we're finding our way through it. I think we're in a lot um, more fortunate position than, than a lot of other people, um, uh, even to the point where you know, my wife Sarah and I have got just the one daughter, uh, Layla, who's six. Um, so just managing the situation, homeschooling, working from home, um, with with one is a lot easier than, than others. We, we have a coaching staff at Geelong um, that almost to a man they have four kids. Um, one of the guys has has three but all the others have four and you know managing a household like that. Um, oh, at, at, at a time like this is hard work, but even that sort of pales into insignificance when you sort of consider the, the broader issues that people are facing and I, I, mean, I suspect it's going to get worse from here not not better. Uh, you know and I don't want to be pessimistic about it but you know the first week or two is obviously a challenge but even if you isolate it to the economic situation there's going to be a lot of people under pressure and and you know, now's the time that we just need to find a way to to see the the silver linings in in these sort of situations and and make the best of it because it's certainly not going
0: to be easy you mentioned homeschooling and we discussed this on the phone the other day, that uh, (laughs) I'm doing as many podcasts as I can at the moment to avoid homeschooling. I've got the 10 and the 8-year-old. My wife is far better than I. Um, I'm a a pretty low-key character, as you know, but I have had my patience tested when sitting down with my two kids. Are you doing much of the homeschooling? So a 6-year-old, so is that grade 1? Grade 1. Right. So what type of teacher... Well, you are a teacher in your main... Job really, but how do you go teaching your own daughter, a six-year-old, and what are you working on?
1: Well, it's it's funny you mention that because my wife has said to me, not just in the last little period, but over the last couple of years, in moments of frustration, we don't have too many to be honest, but she has been known to 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 say to me, "You call yourself a coach," um, <laughs> when I've been dealing with uh, with, with Layla, um, and I said, "Well, I." I i deal with experts I'm, I'm not used to i'm not used to the um to the junior development program uh, but, but we're, we're look we're we're lucky we like each other that's a good start uh, and she's a uh, she's at a great age uh, layla she's um, sort of aware enough of what's going on you know to have a conversation but but not so hyper aware that she's really worried about it so um, you know, one of those silver linings is that you know, it's almost a cliche to say that you'd like to spend more time yeah. with family. Well, now it's forced upon us and for me at least so far it's been a good thing. You know, we'll have our frustrations as everyone will but I'm, I'm seeing a side of her that you know I, I don't think I'd seen you know, three weeks ago.
0: Which is really, really special. Let me tell you that you're in the right side of the boat though because Great Five Maths. My oldest, grade five mascot, he is a little bit harder than you think. And when they come to you with a problem and you're stumped, it's the first time your kids look at you as if to say, "Wow, you don't actually know the answer to everything." <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no, my daughter's quite good at letting me know that. Um, yeah, she she is very funny. She for her last birthday, she 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 asked for a lolly factory because she didn't think we we gave her enough lollies, so she wanted to be able to make her own. <laughs> Um, so Sarah hunted down a, a little um, science experiment kit to make your own rock candy at home and we had a crack at that the other day and he had to let it sit for three days. Yep. Uh, it hasn't worked, Howie. <laughs> um, so it, Layla's made it quite clear that um, at least in um, science I'm not as smart as I think I am.
0: <laughs> so, so that's you personally, mate. When I was calling uh, Hawthorne, Brisbane, um, round one on the Sunday, on the wireless, and then we threw to Gill's press conference, and it was pretty hard to call the second half because all of a sudden you knew something that, that you love was going to be taken away from you obviously for the right reasons. How did you feel when you heard the news? I'm, I don't know, you were probably aware beforehand, but when they told you that the game you love and you work in was going to come to a what can only be described, mate, as a grinding halt.
1: It was difficult. We, I think, we were reasonably well prepared, or as prepared as you could be, that this was more serious than I think most people were taking it at the time. So we, I reckon, two weeks before round one, we were starting to prepare our players and our people for um, some of the challenges ahead. And there are only so many things you can do, really. Sort of being, I guess, overcorrecting in terms of um, the seriousness of the situation was our policy. Um, but even then we didn't expect it to happen as quickly as it did. We Mm. played on the Saturday night in uh, Sydney and then I was the same. I was watching the the footy on TV and then Gill's press conference came through about 4.30 or whenever it was. And I guess even then we were expecting a bit of a a shutdown, Um, certainly not till the end of May. Um, And because we had thought a fair bit about it, I guess it worried me even more because it wasn't the, the pause in, in the season not really the issue. The issue are the long-term ramifications uh, for all your people uh, and you know, there doesn't seem to be a way around that being really, really serious um, for all concerned. So then we, you know, that, that was about, over the next week it was sort of frantically trying to work through how we can support the people that need the um, urgent care. Um, and the government, I've got to say, I mean, I'm not a, um, a sycophant by any stretch of the imagination, but it looked really dire for a lot of people who just lost their income overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that the, the government and the powers that be have supported those people has made our job um, a lot easier. So, yeah, it's not often that you hear that. You know, it's, it's much, much easier to be critical these days, I think. But, you um, know, in a, in, a, in a brutally difficult situation, um, I guess... Sort of saying things that make me more proud than critical.
0: How have you dealt with the emotional toll? Like in the last twenty-four hours, in our industry, the media people have been losing their jobs, left, right, and centre. People that I've worked with for a long time, people that I'm really close to. I guess there's no more close work environment than a sporting club. How have you dealt emotionally as one of the main leaders of the club to see what's happened to those people around you? Now we're we're not talking about. Um, health wise, here, but the financial aspect is extremely damaging. How's that sat with you? Uh, that's
1: arguably the biggest challenge. I mean, probably, you know, the health issue is, is the biggest challenge, but one of the difficult parts about this is that almost there's almost a symmetry there that the more you look after the health side of things, which is the priority, um, the more you impact negatively the economic. Side, mm. um, So it's it's a no-win situation for the people making these decisions uh, and I guess the uncertainty is one of the really hard parts. Uh, so like with a lot of things that, that we do, I, I think the most effective thing is to try to compartmentalise your life and um, set aside the things that you know are going to be difficult in the future and try to deal with the things that you can control now and that's a horrible cliché, I hate hearing that. But there is so much happening in the world at the moment that if you are hyper aware of at all, you'd be overwhelmed really quickly. So um, I'm not an advocate for, you know, the ignorance is bliss attitude. But certainly when dealing with some of the uncertainty, you've just got to work out really quickly, can you impact it now? Can you prepare for it a little bit? And if you can't, push it aside.
0: And what about all your boys that are part of your extended family, your players, like... Are you in touch with them? Are they sort of doing push-ups at home and, and going for runs? Like how are they tracking with it all?
1: That's part of the uncertainty because it's really hard to know for sure how they are going. And it's one of the questions you hear regularly in in the footy world, you know, how are the players going? And the answer is very nuanced. It's, it's, it's really difficult to... Um, and and I in my view we we shouldn't really lump them together. And, and any one time you have, you know, four or five guys who are having a really really challenging time, you know, probably ten or fifteen guys who are flying and loving it, and then the rest in the middle. Mm. So, how are they all going? It's 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 difficult. We're keeping in contact as best we can, and, and really, I mean, the the younger generation have been dealing, have uh, been preparing for a situation like this, their whole lives in the. Digital age, yeah. so they're, they're they're pretty good at uh, at connecting, um, but I still I, I don't see much difference um, in the in the younger generation to say ours um, in the especially with men um, asking for help is still a difficult thing for people to do. So um, I I think we've moved really quickly into a mode, and I'm not just talking about the footy club here. I'm talking about society. We've moved into a mode where. People are much more willing, it seems to me, to to lend a hand. Uh, the, the next phase has to be people being a bit more willing to take it. And, and that's what we're trying to impress upon our players. We
0: might not be able to fix the situation, but you've got to let us at least try. Yeah, it's a, it's a really nice way of looking at it. Um, just a couple more questions made on the current situation. As a sports fan, I look at all the different sports I follow, whether it be footy or cricket or I've done a couple of F1 podcasts lately and I'm excited about the unpredictability of what's going to be in that sport when it comes back. So who knows? And fingers crossed that the country gets to a position of health that Footy can be back this season. I'm excited about what it's going to be because we might see a different length game, different structure of finals, different number of matches. As a coach. That's going to be extremely challenging, but does that fill you with, uh-oh, or are you just excited to have a crack at something new? Because as fans, I think we're going to be fascinated by what we see.
1: I'm excited to an extent. and then Now, the only thing that tempers that excitement is that there will be some negative fallout to it. But again, if in the interest of compartmentalising, mm. if we ignore the fallout and just look at what might be in front of us, I do love... Scenarios where you, you've got an opportunity to think on your feet, be agile, do things a slightly different way. Um, we, I think, a lot of people in our industry love the structure to it and the the certainty. Uh, I, I quite like an environment where you know th- the tables tips up upside mm, down. Me too. Uh, and 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 you've got to reset it uh, in a different way and think really quickly. I I love having those conversations and spitballing with friends and coaches and, and players, and there's no doubt we're going to be in that environment where those that can adapt the quickest and find a better way with some pretty serious constraints uh, are probably going to be the ones that end up on top.
0: Uh, are you watching anything in isolation for those that are listening at this? What, what are you watching at the moment? Are you on Netflix or Foxtel or a, a free to air, a sort of DVD, man? What are you watching?
1: Uh, yeah, well, I, I am to an extent Um Oh, this is embarrassing. We're watching one on Stan, uh, the Stephen King. Uh, I should know because it's it's the date that of the Kennedy assassination. Oh, okay. is it twenty eleven sixty three? Sounds about right. So it's a it's a time travel one. Um, time but travel. yeah, Stephen King sort of got me in. So um, yeah, Sarah and I are watching that one. But I'm I'm an expert at falling asleep on the couch halfway through these shows. So <laughs> that that. I haven't, even in isolation, I haven't um, got past that bad habit.
0: Music-wise, what's Chris got listening to with a bit more time to himself? Come on, this interests me. Oh, yeah. Um, well, gee, I mean, it depends which day you get
1: me on the music one. I'd like to think that I've got a very broad um, taste in, in music, anything from, like, I, yeah, I don't mind um, some of the electronic stuff. <laughs> really? Um, but, but, yeah, in, in Tuck... Tucked in um, with Layla and Sarah um, inside most of the day. That that's probably not going to get it done. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that. But I'm still a bit of an old school rock man as well, like you know, Pearl Jam, that sort of stuff.
0: And are you reading anything in isolation? Have You got a book for me?
1: Yeah, I love. I, I do love reading, and, and audio books have changed my life. Have they? Really? It's just I. Um, I think exercises is, is more important to me than you know, almost it ever has, like even including playing. I mean, I really regarded that as part of my job um, when I played, but now I've moved way past the competitive stage and um, much more towards the health side of things, and including well, probably especially the mental health side of things. And But being able to uh, kill two birds with the one stone um, it appeals to me as well. So audio books, um, m- more than reading. So what, what am I listening to? I mean, oh, gee, it's a... It's a big list. Oh, Jordan Peterson's uh, book oh. um, has got to run
0: lately. Juddy put I, me I onto that. Like the chapter about the lobster and going up and down, and yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, the first chapter, and then from there. And I think this is, you know, I guess I've been prepping for uh, isolation for a long time as well. In that, um, you know, you, I find in them, I haven't been bored for fifteen years. Mm. So. Um, once you read Jordan Peterson's book, then the logical next step is to look up a little bit more about him, and the next thing you know, you're sort of way off down yeah, the rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. To use a podcast term, um, so I'm, I'm a, I'm a voracious podcast consumer as well. Um, but even I, I guess M- Michael Lewis is probably the other one that springs to mind. So he's um, for, one of the great writers of our time, I think, and obviously has that sort of sporting um, Mm. um, bent as well. But uh, the last couple of years I've got more interested in behavioural economics and he wrote a book. um, I've got it up in front of me here, The Undoing Project, um, about Amos Traversky and um, Danny Kahneman, um, two famous behavioural um, economists, uh, but some really dry material in there and the ability of um, of Michael Lewis to make really complex stuff, um, not only understandable, but interesting as well as, um, as impressive. Like th- those, those writers, um, yeah, got a lot of admiration for them.
0: Yeah, sounds like some reasonably dry material in there. Just before we move <laughs> on... Um- those that listening to this can't obviously see, but there's a bit of a sort of Grizzly Adams-style appearance with you. When footy and everything gets back to normal, is this beard going to continue Neil Balm style or are you going to be the normal clean-shaven, uh, fresh young man that you are?
1: Uh, no, I'll be clean-shaven again. <laughs> there's no doubt about that.
0: <laughs> All right, let's move on. That's it for the COVID part of the podcast. Chris's story is all ready for you to go on the usual parts A and B. See you there. Listener.